California Congressman Mike Garcia joins me to explain how he's trying to prevent the United States from becoming like his own state. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Congressman Garcia and I also discuss the latest on Biden's dereliction of duty at the border. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Well, countries like Sweden didn't put the children in masks at all. The children didn't get sick and die, neither did the teachers. And yet the conclusions we drew from the CDC, I think, were incorrect and have led to a great deal of setbacks for our children. But you're right. The biggest error they made was not acknowledging that once you've had COVID, you have immunity and that it's protective. By not acknowledging that, they've been pushing four or five boosters. They've been saying that two-year-old children need to have boosters. There's no truth to that. There is no evidence. I asked Dr. Fauci this in committee. There's no evidence that a booster for a child protects transmission, hospitalization, or death. So as you can surmise, as you can guess from obviously this morning's audio or the afternoon's audio, oh, Fauci's leaving just in time for a, well, what looks like it's going to be House oversight, (laughs) GOP-controlled House oversight. So that's the big, that's not how I was planning on starting the program today. Actually, I was going to start with a different topic, but that's the, that's the big headline today. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday to you. Hope everybody had a good weekend. This is, we're, we're, in, we're building an ark in Texas. Jiminy Christmas. I'm not going to complain, but I think everybody prayed too much for rain. And now everyone's prayers were answered. Everyone's individual prayers were answered. Are like it's oh, man. We've got we've got we've got other issues. We got issues at uh, Lash HQ because of the because of the torrential rain. I'm not complaining. When it rains, it pours, just like this situation here. So he's he's announcing he's leaving in December. So it's going to be right after right after those midterm elections. Interesting. That's just, we're just, you know, that's just a coincidence. You're right, Kane. That's just how that stuff works. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that's how it works. So this, this whole, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, the New York Times had the story. His statement is out also. And I'm pulling his, uh, his statement up. He says he's, he's stepping down to pursue his next chapter. He's advised seven presidents, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about any of that. I'm, I'm curious about what would be discovered if, you know, he actually, we, we went and we actually had a, a House oversight. We just questioned him under oath. I'm just very curious as to what we would find. His statement 
the New York Times had this also. Uh, he said that he's stepping down and that he is going to pursue the next chapter of his career. He says he's not retiring. He says he wants to use what he has learned as NIAID director's government job to, quote, continue to advance the science and public health and inspire mentor the next generation, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. I just, it sounds like he's going in the private sector. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So he's been on the public dole for forever. So, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, right? He said that he's, he's not retiring, though. And he's leaving his work in very capable hands. Okay. Well, there. Yeah. And so the White House had made, they remarked on it because they said, oh, Biden worked with him when Fauci was uh, during the whole Zika thing, when Obama was president and Biden was vice president. There's just, though, I mean, he's because he's gets a lot of he, he's going to get a lot of money from this i don't know if you because he's got he's got like a sweet he's got a sweet setup i mean the guy's made a lot of money my friend phil kirpin said that his pension is going to pay three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year that's the highest ever and so that's you know when because he's retiring because his i mean his golden parachute i mean just forbes has a big piece on this his and uh, adam Angievsky wrote this over at Forbes and he, he writes his beats all about government waste. He's I've known, I've known Adam Angievsky for years and his, he noted, and this was just a year ago, the amount of money that he, that he's, he gets from his golden parachute. One of the highest, I mean, I think the highest federal employee, his retirement pay is going to be, you know, o- almost, you're looking at $350,000 a year. And then he gets an annuity. And so he gets a lot of money for this. One of the highest. And of course, obviously, he gets the benefit of not testifying before. Which I could only imagine would be uh, Senator Rand Paul before any kind of Senate committee or the GOP controlled house. Some people are saying, Oh, it looks like he's, it looks like he's, he thinks that the Republicans are going to take the Senate and that's why he's getting out. Well, I think it's, I mean, you know, perhaps the house also, but I, I think he, he also see maybe, I mean, it could very well be. He's also 81 years old. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I am at this point, apparently. So his, there were a couple of really interesting threads about him. And, like, for instance, NRO had one. Now, his, he got zero criticism for the complete 180 that he did on masks in the pandemic. And that you apparently can't criticize him without being called yourself a, a conspiracy theorist. That was the thing that really, I mean, honestly confused me in the very beginning. Because he was out there telling everybody, you don't need to wear masks, you don't need to worry about it, it's stupid. And then he did a total 180 without any explanation at all whatsoever, saying, oh, no, no, actually, yeah, you do need to wear masks. It's, it, it's really important. Well, if it wasn't predicated upon science, then why was, why was there this huge change? You know, why was there a change? If it wasn't about science, why was there this change? It's the question we all have. He never actually answered either why so much taxpayer money was going towards all of the gain-of-function stuff. I mean, that's, that's you know, I, 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 there, there's some really legitimate questions here. Or when he had admitted 
that a lot of his advice, do you remember the audio soundbite when he was saying that a lot of it was about sending signals? He, it was about behavioral control rather than being based upon any kind of science to minimize the spread of infection. Everybody acted like he was, you know, this, this, uh, this guru, but he was, he's a politician just as much as anybody else. And he never got any criticism for that. There was never any criticism about how his back and forth to satisfy political appetites actually ended up reducing the American trust in everything he was doing. So we're going to we'll keep an eye on that. But that is that's just the top one of the top stories right now. Additionally, you guys remember the misery index, right? Everybody always called it the misery index. Just how much everything sucks. Well, they're changing. Apparently, they're trying to change the language. So now this is this morning from Gallup. And it talks about poor life ratings reach record high. In, a, in an evaluation of U.S. adults, they say the percentage of Americans who evaluate their lives poorly, enough to be considered suffering on Gallup's Life Evaluation Index. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Now we're doing suffering instead of the misery index? Doesn't that make it sound kind of temporary, though? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the word suggests, isn't it? Makes it sort of sound temporary. Oh, don't worry, guys. You guys don't have to put up with a lot of this. Don't worry suffering it's temporary it sounds weird like why are why are we changing that it's always been i don't know of of anything other than misery index and it's measuring everything by the way from you know your your wage growth to unemployment to everything it just it looks at everything but that is you know here we're calling it it's just odd. we're calling it this (laughs) we're we're calling it the the suffering index and apparently the amount of people who believe that the u.s is on a bad track it's now a new record high as you could imagine a new record high looking at the real clear politics they have their their averages of all of this and not only obviously does this reflect on biden's numbers direction of country 70.9%. This is the average. These are taken from all polls, including super heavily left-leaning, overly Democrat sampled polls. Everything from USA Today to Harvard, Rasmussen, NBC, Reuters. I mean, these are not like what you normally would think of when you're thinking of places I can go to confirm any kind of, you know, conservative thought I have. These are like far left institutions. 22%, only 22% in the RCP aggregate believe that the country is going in the right direction. This is why I think that this new narrative that they're coming up with is so stupid. I saw this, I gotta share this with you. I saw this story this morning. Here's the headline, quote, we got rolled, how the conservative grassroots lost the fight with Biden because it was focused on Trump. The former president's presence on the political landscape is making it harder to launch a modern day Tea Party movement. This is the dumbest headline. It took two broads to write this headline, and neither of them neither of them got it right. Ladies, you're really not doing your best to represent women in critical thinking. You know, please reconsider next time doing a double byline or any byline on any kind of think piece as it relates to the conservative movement and clearly political maneuverings that you just absolutely don't understand. Because it 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 assumes that the Tea Party, first off, I, I think it's incredibly 
vain for all the Democrats to think, oh, it was, just, it was Obama that started it. Like hell. We were mad at our own side before we got mad at you. I mean, we didn't like you, but we got mad at our own side before we got mad at you. So please, let's like, you know, let's let's stop this funny business. That's not how it went. But secondly, if, if this is the new narrative, what does this even have? This is not going to help Biden. Do they think they're going to try to inflate? Look, people who are grassroots voters are already mad. And it's not just Republicans. Hint, hint. This is why nobody wants Biden to run. And the only time people are going to vote for him is if Trump decides to run. And then those people are, well, I guess I'll vote for Biden. They're, you're going to have never Bidens is what you're going to have. You know you're going to, you would totally have that coming next time. It, it's just, it's, this is their, this is the lamest attempt to try to rescue this guy. They said that instead of mounting a massive grassroots opposition to tank the Inflation Reduction Act, conservatives and right-wing news outlets were looking at the raid on uh, Trump's Palm Beach mansion. Well, first off, a lot of us were talking about, in fact, everybody was talking about this, including a lot of people on the left, and we've played that audio. A lot of them were talking about this, so that's stopped. But then, you know, additionally, too, the raid is serious business. Normally, Democrats, if this had happened under a Republican administration, this was all you would hear from Democrats. Oh, my gosh, it's the new Stasi. Oh, can you look at the look at these 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 Republican Stasi members? Oh, my gosh. East Berlin would be so proud. That's all you would hear. But the the. Inflation Reduction Act, the big problem with this is you have a Democrat-controlled House by a long shot, or by a, by a mile, and then in the Senate, it's 50-50. Kamala had to weigh in to break the tie because it was a party-line vote. Even Joe Manchin, with all of his precious PR posturing about moderate, being a moderate, he even voted against the Crapo Amendment and other items in this that actually would have maybe cemented his status as a more moderate Democrat, but it didn't happen. That's their new narrative. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. Also, Biden released 250,000 um, unaccompanied children entered illegally into the country. And um, also, oh, wait, got more. Uh, apparently, by September 1st, Biden's expected to announce whether or not he's going to forgive student loans. Which are go- it's going to come to, I think CBO said, about $20 billion. It'll erase the first six years of any, well, that's assuming you think this bill is going to reduce inflation, which it's not. Anyone who has more than one brain cell and can add two plus two can come to that determination by themselves without any kind of tutorial. So if you suppose that the Inflation Reduction Act is actually going to reduce inflation, then what this does is apparently wipe out the first six years of any kind of cost savings. And furthermore, all these people that took out these loans only represent 13% of Americans. Why in the hell are you making the working class bail out the entitled elitist 13%? Why? Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's Mantis. X. X.com. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Yeah, I, Dennis Rodman says that he is going to go to Russia to seek the release of Brittany Griner. He says he's tried to cultivate an image as an informal, well, he has in private, previously. He said he wanted to, to go and, uh, and negotiate for her release. He wants to be considered, I guess, an informal U.S. diplomat to North Korea and Russia. He goes, I got it, I got permission to go to Russia to help that girl. Do you think that's actually going to help? I don't know. I mean, this is not like the same thing with Kim Jong-un, the, you know, short stack down there. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. He goes, I know Putin too well, is what he said. What? What? I, I don't know. What about Cindy? What about all the other people that are over there? Who gets to go over there and negotiate on their behalf? Anybody have any? No. A Bay Area school. I don't know if y'all saw this video over the weekend. A Bay Area school district. This happened last week as kids were going back to school. They had a mask mandate. And there was a four-year-old who literally was detained and marched out by police. Uh, He couldn't stay at school. There was a, a video of it. Mountain View. They said that the boy was able to go inside school because he didn't have a mask on. And the parents got involved because the parents said, you know, it's very difficult to make four-year-olds keep masks on all day. They don't, and especially when they don't work. This is where they're now conflicting with not only the CDC, but this is how closely people hold these these insane views, like these unscientific views, too. I mean, this is this just doesn't make it's just we're going to talk more about this. Speaking of masking, we made fun of them the last time they did this because I suggested having a butt mask. But now the CDC is suggesting that maybe you do need to wear masks, you know, to stop the monkeypox spread, even though that's what they're they're They haven't officially made the recommendation, but they said, yeah, you know, maybe there's no evidence that it's airborne. So unless you're wearing, you know, a mask on your butt, then maybe, you know, that's not something you want to consider. We have a lot. The great resignation on the way. The latest on the raid, green and more. Stick with us. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We are less than three months before the midterms, and our brand new NBC News poll paints a pretty bleak picture. Americans are angry, they're disappointed, and they are worried about the future of this country. Just 21% of adults say we are heading in the right direction, and once again, three out of four Americans say we are on the wrong track. In fact, this number, never before in our poll, has this wrong track number been over 70% for this long? Yeah, that's Chuck Todd over at MSNBC or NBC, whatever. Conservative Yeah, you know, super conservative Chuck Todd. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Monday, ladies and gents. 
I, um, of course they are. This is not something that you can hide. It's not a partisan thing to say that they, that people are upset. People are incredibly upset over the state of everything. And it's not going to get worse with the passing of it, or it's going to get worse rather with the passing of this bill because taxes, business, everything is going to be hit so hard. And these individuals who don't understand business apparently either don't care or it's part of their plan. You know, you have this, this, the misery index is now the suffering index. Washington Post even had a piece where they said as Biden turns toward midterms, even he realizes he may not be, oh, really, you think? He may not be the, the top guy, the best surrogate. <laughs> it's just, he's, and he's still in Delaware, right? Or is he back from Delaware? Actually, I was going to look at that this morning and see. He's not actually in Delaware still, is he? Is he literally still there? You've got to be kidding me if he is. Because I can't imagine anything being more tone deaf than this. You can't, people are not happy. In fact, you know, according to this, you know, when I was mentioning the Gallup's life evaluation index. He's in Delaware. Oh, he's in Delaware still. Kane says as he pets his beard. It's like he's still in Delaware. Well, I'm looking at his, uh, the president's public schedule. He has mm-hmm. no public event scheduled for today. There was a 10 a.m. Eastern that was called an out-of-town pool call time. Mm-hmm. And that's from his beach house in Delaware. And then tomorrow he's also uh, got no public event scheduled and an mm-hmm. out-of-town pool call from his beach house in Delaware. Well, look at that. In Delaware a lot. He must, must like having all that time off. Meanwhile, everybody's like, miserable that gallup life evaluation index 5.6 in july highest since the index inception in 2008 it exceeds and here's what's important it exceeds the previous high of 4.8 measured in april and it's statistically higher than all of the prior estimates during coronavirus so this means that people are more miserable now going by this than they are than they were during the pandemic and lockdown So they say, this is what our suffering index is. (laughs) This is the new thing. Wow. So we, I I mean, this is, it's higher even. I mean, at the height of the pandemic, I think it was at four. I'm looking at their data. They, yeah, this was at, so back in, I mean, well, when is the height, when was the height of the lockdown pandemic? Was it 2021, 2020? Because here about right on the onset, right here in 2021, I mean, that's when it was the highest, I guess, right when still people were masking. And that was at four. Right in the middle of the pandemic, it was about 3.7. Now, we're upwards, we're at 5.6. So technically, this is higher, everybody's misery now, than under, than during the coronavirus and the lockdown. Now, the other thing, Real disposable personal income. That's RDPI. Five quarters in a row, it's decreased. So every, and you've seen this in your own household. How far does your buying power go anymore? It has shrunk steadily. And, and, and it's getting, it's continuing to get worse. Just as an example, so on, for us, we're, we've been looking into bearing propane, we've been looking into uh, 
uh, looking uh, uh, generators and burying all this stuff and uh, drilling for a well and all this because Dana's turning like, how much off the grid can I go? And I've just the price increases like we've been we've been going back and talking to people and they're and they keep informing us. Now this has gone up. Oh, this is going up. Oh, this is still going up. This is and we just watch how far our dollar goes. Just it just shrinks more and more and more and more. I've seen it with my grocery bill. One of the things that I like to do is the grocery store that I go to most every one of them. They have an app and I've used it for a couple of years now and I can just you know, you you tip somebody you know, a, a few bucks and they'll they'll just pull it off the shelves for you and you can go pick it up and you can compare your, which I used, I saved all this stuff anyway in, a, in binders and that. And when I had more time and I was making everything from scratch, I could, you know, track and track everything. But with this, I've been looking at how much I've spent with my grocery store app comparing, you know, like for instance, the past several months to before even lockdown and then even during lockdown. And it is so drastically different. And it's not, you know, we don't do high on the hog kind of stuff, right? It's just basic, you know, chicken, eggs, bread, you know, flour, things like that. Things that everyday people get to make everyday food items. And the increase has been staggering. And I've, I've, I've looked and I've compared. Everybody's dollar doesn't go near anywhere near as far as it did. I mean, do you when you look at this, how nobody has money for anything. I saw this other we had this headline last week about how wine imports are going to increase because of weather and et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera and France and Italy are dealing with droughts and all of this. And I you know, we kind of asked, too, does that even matter? Because does this look like a point in our economy looking at everyone's miser- misery? Does it look like a point where people are going to be worried about droughts affecting their wine that they get from France and Italy? Hell no. Everybody's getting two buck chuck right now. Come on, let's be real. So this, yeah, everybody feels this. But what gets me is they think that the problem is because they haven't spent enough. They don't believe they've spent enough. For instance, let's talk about this for a second. Oh my gosh. We actually could see this movement on student loans, which is insane to me. And I think absolutely offensive. This is one of the most elitist things that you could do during this this time. The federal government, according to Education Secretary Miguel Cardona, said Sunday they have an August 31st deadline, technically September 1st. They said they've been having daily discussions. They're trying to determine whether or not to extend a... You have two, they have two options they're looking at. To extend the 30-month lo- student loan pause or cancel a certain amount of borrower's debt. So, that's a lot of money. It's, it's enough money, especially if they were canceling debt. They, I mean, this, this only, I mean, this is 13% of Americans, by the way. Only 13% of the overall population actually has student loan debt that would be affected by this. So you're talking about spending $20 billion, ultimately that's what this would do, to cancel the loans for 13% of Americans. Most, and I'm going to say it because it's true, they're privileged, 
if you were if you are taking out student loans like and here's the oh my gosh it gets even crazier first off you're privileged if you're taking out loans like this and and going to these super fancy schools and all this other stuff that requires you to go six figures in debt that's stupid you need to reevaluate your life's choices unless you are which i think we have two honestly and i you know i told one of my kids this i'm like i think we got a lot of lawyers so you better look at ways that you can you know make a better impact um but unless you're going into like a medical field so much of the stuff is just uh you know liberal arts stuff and humanities you don't need to be racking up six figures in debt for this stuff and for it to only affect 13 percent of the population how do you think how does this look like it's in step with the average american when you're when this is just 13% of the overall population affected by this you're making blue collar workers who planned their lives right they studied so that they had a skill a skill set they went to work filling a need you're going to make these people finance the education of these 13% privileged people And what's crazy is that with some of what Democrats are proposing, they have a bunch of different schemes on the table. One of them is that they think that if Biden does forgive the loans of these 13 percent, you know, this 13 percent portion of the population, that they should have it, you know, wiped off their record, I guess, with bleach bit, wiped off their record and be able to take out future loans again. So people who were irresponsible financially, you want them to be able to access more loans? This, this is dumb. You're, you're, you're paying for someone else's obligation. How is that in any way fair or in any way in step with the average American? And they said that the prevalence of student loan debt, this is from the Washington Examiner. For instance, they wrote this piece on Biden staffers owing a million, over owing millions in student loans. Well, there's been studies on this, and the prevalence of the student loan burden is among younger educated workers. They went to good schools, they're going to good colleges, and they're getting good loans to pay for these good colleges. And then they want to cry foul and act as though they are burdened because they willfully chose to do this. That's like me making everybody else accept the terms of my mortgage and helping to finance my property. It's exactly like that. It's like make, forcing other people to be co-signers on your car note without even A, making them aware of it, or B, asking their permission. You can't force people to assume a debt you willfully took. There is nothing about any of these people going to get college loans today that makes them any more special than the people who went to college before them. And this argument that, well, times are different now, like hell they are, that's such a dodge No, they're not. The only way that they're different is because the politicians that most of this demographic keeps voting for chose under Obama-Biden to nationalize, federalize student loans, controlling them, driving up the cost of college education, and now they're bitching about it and acting like it's everybody else's problem. Go and look. You can go and look at the bill that did it. it, But this is, it's, it's, you want to talk about entitlement. That's the height of it. We have more to come on this. 
as well as Stephen Yates coming up later on in our third hour. We also have destroyed 1,200 scientists, climate scientists, signed a declaration there is no climate emergency. I think this stuff is important, especially as this is the vehicle through which globally, every, like with the ESG and everything else, all based on the green stuff, through which they're trying to emotionally blackmail people. You hate Mother Earth unless you decide to do these things. They're not going to do them. The people who fly around in private jets and own huge batches of land. They're the ones who want to dictate to you about how you can travel and how much property you can own. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. The savings uh, from a vehicle perspective of owning, maintaining, and not having to fill up uh, are, are just enormous. It's Jennifer Granholm. It's so, the savings, I'll, just think of all the savings, Kane, of not having to fill up, you know, an EV. Or, you know, think of all the savings. You know, having an EV and it's not gas, so it's not eating gas. It's just the savings. I'd right? have to drop six figures to mm. get an EV and a charging station mm. with solar, you know, feed system. Mm-hmm. Don't forget your gas and coal backup, though. To start seeing the savings? Yeah, to see the savings. I get it. It's like spending a million dollars to get, or no, it's like, it's like being at the store and spending, you know, a hundred dollars so that you can get a 5% off coupon a hundred dollars spend a hundred dollars more and get five percent off five percent you save some money look at you save but you had to spend a lot yes but the savings but there's the savings though i mean this is it's just that's not what that's not that's not a savings but they are still pushing it by the way where's uh mayor secretary uh booty judge uh judge at I've been, he's the transportation secretary. Just, you know, wondering about the transportation aspect of it. You would, we had Granholm say last week, we played that audio, how we don't have enough. <laughs> Basically, our grid's too small to accommodate a Green New Deal. To have everything run off of, you know, electric. Okay, so sidebar. Chris and I had a heated debate about this at dinner. We had our, you know, family dinners are very interesting. And because we we askew the whole don't talk about religion or politics. No, that's all we'll talk about. <laughs> um, I, I'm not kidding. But when we, we went out to dinner, uh, I think it was on Friday evening. and No, Saturday evening. We had this huge discussion about EVs because Chris was trying to get me to look at, oh, I can't. He said it was the gothest car on the planet. Some, it was like some charger or whatever. 
I don't remember. It's an EV version, so I closed my mind to it, and I can't remember. I, w- I didn't even want to look at the picture. I'm like, I don't care. It's in you know EV, and I'm just, you know, even if I wanted it and I thought it was cool, out of spite, I'm going to hate it because I'm so tired of having all this garbage pushed on me by these, you know, the the climate cult. I'm so tired of it. I, I eat bugs, use cricket flour, drive these horrible looking evs they all look like they all look like just the mobile old-timey from the 50s nurses shoes it's the equivalent and he was saying we had this big discussion I'm like oh okay well that's fine you know i would rather if i had to pick between you know if we can't be energy sustaining ourselves if you had to pick between opec or china i think i'm gonna pick opec right now you know over china I mean, you know, I'm sorry if you want to, you know, have us beholden to the CCP. Mm-hmm, that's okay. And then I, you know, had a bite of appetizer. And, or crudite. As Fetterman, is, he hates that word. And so he started going off about these air aluminum batteries and all. I don't even know where he got this stuff. Kane's face. Have you ever asked him about this? Yeah, Kane and Chris have known each other for longer than I've you known said my husband. Air aluminum, some kind of air. I don't know. He reads this weird stuff, and he's like, "No, no, no." He's like, "The lithium, you're not even gonna have like lithium batteries anymore." He's like, "That's you know, that's already going out." He's like, "The future is EV." I'm like, "You just like gadgets. This is just a gadget to you." We have a lot more on the way. Second hour of the show coming up. Don't go anywhere. More of the Daily Show back after this. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. DeSantis is somebody who is right now campaigning for election deniers. Uh, and I think that is something that, that I think people have got to have real pause about. You know, either you fundamentally believe in and will support uh, our constitutional structure or you don't. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe she's still doing this. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. I can't believe it's our second hour already this Monday. Super fast weekend. Fast week. Your lovable curmudgeon starting your week off with you right. Now, this was Liz Cheney. And I think at some point, so this is over the weekend. I think at some point you got to admit that you're a Democrat. You know, I think at some point you really just kind of got to admit, you know, it's not because this to me proves that their whole beef isn't about just simply Trump. It is about so much more than Trump. And this that's a big problem here. She's apparently I'm she started a new a new group. She's got a new pack. And she's fundraising to defeat 
whom she describes as Trump Republicans. And she wants to spend a lot of money. It's called the her new pack, The Great Task. Is this the one with Lincoln or is this a different one? She's turning into that ginger spare in a suitcase game show girlfriend who start all these things and never actually finish anything. Is this a new pack from the one that uses the Lincoln? Because she created, let me pull this up. She created a, she, so you have the great, tra, the great task, and then she created another, I thought she had, is this the one with the Lincoln one? She, her website, uh, immediately her campaign website reverted to this pack, and it has Cheney, or it has Cheney's, you know, she just has a video on there, and then apparently she's got a picture of Lincoln on there as well. And I don't know if she or the, who are the, what's the Lincoln Law Group? The group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lincoln Log Project. Those people. Are they going to have a fight over? Because they're using the same silhouette of Lincoln. Are they going to have a fight over that for imaging? I'm just, I'm wondering. Everybody wants to be Lincoln. But yet, none of these people are Republicans. So, what does that mean? Oh, look at that. So, she's created this this pack called The Great Task. She is up for The Great Task. I just want you to mark... And please note, and I'm saying this just for future reference, I have been so ambivalent previously towards her. Haven't I? You know, she follows me on the Twitters. I've been ambivalent. I don't really, you know, I, I just said I know that she wants to run for office. When she first got started, I thought she actually may, or she wanted to run, run for president. I said she could have a chance of being speaker back when she first ran. And then she decided to just plant her flag on this hill of lose. And go with that. I mean, I've seen some spectacular self-sabotage moves in my time, but none with such pedigree as this. So it's the great task, and they're going to focus on going after all... Is it Because it doesn't say Trump-backed. It just talks about being Trump-aligned. What does that even mean? Trump-adjacent? Trump adja- oh, boy. Trump-adjacent. So she's really going for this. She said that Trump is certainly the center of the threat at election denial and denying the fundamental function and principle at the center of our constitutional republic is dangerous, broadly speaking. She was, she was, because she's been asked, this was what ABC's This Week had asked her, and she was saying that Trump is a danger. She keeps going on and on and on. Meanwhile, all of the people that she would hope to, I think, attract with this, I mean, I just, I just ruined your, your, your whole day last hour by telling you all the bad stuff with the economic measurement and et cetera, et cetera. That's what everybody's focused on. People are not focused on this power jockeying within the Republican Party, and she will not quit second week in a row now that she's pushing this. She said that she did not regret her decision to impeach Trump. Did she regret her decision to be a part of this ham-fisted, kabuki theater january 6th commission that is so beyond protocol of any other commissions and didn't even include republican consideration for seats they just picked the two republicans who really are actually democrats and yell about trump the most doesn't make sense they i i think she really believes the hyperbole coming from the left on this 
do you realize that he he literally said i lost the election do are people aware of this these people they they say that he tried to steal an election but do they not realize that he actually told the press i lost the election he said this with his own mouth he was go google it he was quoted by a million different outlets the question that and i think some people do believe that the that the entire election was compromised I know that there exists a lot of voter fraud out there. Whether there is enough voter fraud to affect an election, that's something else. And I love how Democrats also go back and forth. They say, oh my gosh, the election's going to get stolen if Hillary Clinton doesn't win. Oh my gosh, the election's going to be stolen if Joe Biden doesn't win. But then they said the election was stolen because Trump won. It's only stolen if Democrats don't win. Do you remember this? Right before in 2016... When, when after all of the talk, after Trump started leading and was, was some of the polls coming up, he started beating Hillary Clinton. It was still within the margin of error, error but he was pulling away from her. And that's at, when Clinton's people floated the idea of potential uh, election fraud and stealing an election. And then Trump came out and said that uh, this is as we got closer towards October. He came out and said, oh, no, it actually, you know, they could try to steal the election for me. And then Barack Obama stuck his foot in his mouth. And he said, oh, no, everything's so decentralized. There's no way that anybody can steal an entire U.S. election. And Mr. Trump should get back to uh, campaigning. That's what he said. That was his quote. Not realizing that Trump was saying this kind of as a way to mock Hillary. He had to get in there and get his digs. It was ridiculous. So wait, which is it? Can it or can it be? My whole thing is that we, we know absolutely that voter fraud does exist. And we know that it exists in great amounts to the and all across the country. Does it exist to the point where it affects an entire election? You've got to make that case. People aren't opposed to hearing it. But you, I mean, we're not the left. OK, we don't just blindly believe stuff. We're all on the on on the, the side of limited government and constitution for a reason, because we want to be shown. Show your work. That's just how we are. That's why we don't blindly believe stuff the way the left does. And so, you know, I. I mean, I've had to fight with Board of Elections to get people thrown off of my address who were illegally registered at my address. I'm like, did you not even check the name before you thought this would be clever? It's, it's crazy. I know people who have worked to help clear up voter rolls and then end up being targeted by the federal government. So it absolutely does exist. The point that a lot of people were making on January 6th was that there were certain states and certain areas that because elections are are state run that's in the constitution but they have an agreement federally altogether that this is how we're going to come together to choose a president and there were states that had, did not follow their state constitutions when they changed voting practices due to lockdown and the coronavirus and as a result there was a significant loss of verification whether it was signature matching whether it was making sure that you know, ballots were time stamped. I'm not going to relitigate everything, but I'm going to explain to you why people were making this so I can explain to you how she is refusing to acknowledge these very real concerns. The people who were objecting to the verification of certain things, they were specifically talking about these areas where ballots came in where you could not verify whether or not some of them weren't even didn't even have a date stamp. You don't even know if they were cast during the appropriate voting period. You, you, there were no signature verifications. And so when you, when you have a bunch of different states that are run, that, that by constitutionally states run their elections, but then in order to consider those states votes valid 
And for those for other states to consider that entity's vote valid, we all have to come to an agreement as a union as to how we're going to count this federally. And when you have different areas that did not go by the original agreement and they did not go through their state constitutions, I'm explaining this in layman's terms, then, yes, you have some absolute legitimate objections to make sure that those are verified before they're counted as part of the whole. It's not undermining an election. No one was saying at that point, I I think that they were just making sure because these areas that they were coming out of, quite frankly, were not the areas where a swing in difference would have actually changed the vote for that state. I watched, I mean, that's my job. I have to watch this stuff. I look at all of the data that comes out. I've done this for over 10 years for ABC as the token, CNN as the token and Fox. I look at all of this stuff. And so the, the, The accusation that there were all these people that wanted to overthrow an election, I'm sorry, but that's specious and and, uh, absolutely malicious. For That's hyperbole to accuse these people. Good people who simply wanted to make sure we were all going by the rules we had all agreed to. Right? So that's what this was all about. She's never addressed that, is my point. Cheney has never talked about any of these things. I spent my Friday evening looking back at everything that she has said about any kind of voting integrity. And it almost seems when you're when you have people who are on the ground and and they're seeing this with their own eyes, they're seeing cards, you know, ballots come in that maybe weren't, you know, didn't have a postmark or may or didn't you couldn't verify the date. They're raising concerns, and for her to simply brush those off as nothing but, you know, Trump's evil ambition, it, it it's like an affront to those people who have been working so hard to get good government, and they bring up these concerns, and because those concerns are inconvenient for her, she just shrugs them off. That creates a lot of voter resentment, and it's no wonder that she lost her state. I mean, this is absolutely establishment versus grassroots really all over again. Because her attention is fixated on her problem with Trump. And she's targeting DeSantis now. I have a piece that I'm working on that's going to be coming out about this. She's now targeting DeSantis because their absolute unbridled hatred of Trump. And they, I, I, I honestly think some of these people view Trump as the obstacle in the, their, the arc of their career development. He's cost her the the speakership. He's cost her a seat. Kinzinger got redistricted out of his seat because he, after he bucked his Democrats so much that they returned the favor by just writing him out of existence. You know, these are people who are desperately seeking influence. And the only way that they can get it is through this. They've seen it work for these, you know, these pundits who decide to, you know, go on television and go on The View and all this other stuff and try to have ours after their names. It's like her constituency is the media at this point and not actually, you know, it wasn't the people of Wyoming and it's nobody anywhere else across the country. But that she and it's not just her. Other people are targeting Ron DeSantis, too. Coming up, and I I have like I think I have a brief mention of this on my rundown. I want to explain this narrative of the woke act in Florida, because a lot of the same people who are saying this stuff that Cheney is saying and that are uh, the, these are the people who can't get around the idea of that Trump was president in 2016. They're targeting Ron DeSantis. And some of the stuff they're saying about this woke act is very dumb 
very specious. And I want to explain the new narrative that is emerging here because they're trying to hedge their bets. They're, they want to keep attacking Trump, but they also need to start hitting DeSantis, too. And I want to make you aware of all of this stuff so that when you see it, you know exactly what it is and you can make your determination thusly. We're going to get into all of that and more here. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text Dana to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188. Or text Dana to 998899. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. A Texas CPS worker, oh man, this makes my blood boil, was fired after she told a 14-year-old to become a prostitute on video. I mean, I can't, some of the language we can't even play. She just said, quote, if you're going to be, how do you say that word, those two letters? Can I say that? Can I say that? Okay. Or I can do pig Latin. That works too. If you're going to be a, I'm just going to say, if you're going to be a hoe, be a real hoe. That's the headline. That's because it's a headline. That's what this CPS worker told this 14-year-old girl. The 14-year-old girl correctly noted, ooh, something's not right about this. So she started videotaping this worker who was supposed to be helping her. And this is what happened. And that worker has since been fired. Man, please tell me somebody's helping this 14-year-old. Oh, my gosh. Otherwise, I'm going to have to start adopting kids right and left. That's what's going to happen. Like, move over. Move over, Angelina Jolie. I can't stand seeing stuff like this. Uh, Okay, here's a headline for you. Ready for this one? Japanese transgender woman, a, a man who identifies as a woman, who froze their sperm when they were a man, cannot be recognized as the illegal parent of the child that they helped produce. A Tokyo high court has ruled. Japan has the strictest uh, laws about LGBT in the world. And they even ban, well, almost in the G7, they even ban same-sex marriage. So to, the government says if you're going to legally transition, you absolutely have to have the full surgery, everything. And as a result, they now will not recognize that man's parental rights because they're like, well, you're a woman, you can't make that, so you can't. That's the way, that is legit a ruling. It's, wow. And a teenage hooligan orcas, young killer whales are attacking sailboats off the coast of Europe in what is a cultural fad with whales 30 years after the animals were spotted wearing dead fish as hats. It sounds like punk band antics. Stay with us. 
I've talked a lot about the Keltec KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Keltec KSG? Well, like everything that Keltec invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12 gauge pump action shotgun chambered for three inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. A couple of days ago, yesterday, the president, two days ago, the president signing the, uh, the IRA, uh, not to be confused with anything going on in Ireland, but the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. In that bill, he has $60 billion for diversity as we meet the challenge of the climate crisis. Mm, The challenge of the climate crisis. Yet, that's Nancy Pelosi right there. Yeah, the diversity of it. Welcome back to the show. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, here with you. The problem with this is that it's not a crisis, and it's, I I don't believe in it. I don't. I mean, there's a difference between being a good steward of your environment and then being a cultist. There's a difference between a conservationist and an environmentalist. Conservationism is a real thing. Environmentalism requires you to believe that you can make the sun, you can negotiate with the sun to burn less hot if you throw all of your money at it. And it's usually the people who fly around in private jets that are yelling at you to just stay in your home and eat cricket flour, you know, so that the world can achieve zero net emissions, right? Isn't that the goal? Something nuts like that? And so the spending on this, the expansion of the loans in this, there was a New York Times piece that touched on some of it, that President Biden signed into law is going to greatly expand government loans for clean energy, clean, you know, all the green stuff. It's one of the pieces in that uh, non-inflation reduction act. So you have an additional hundreds of billions of dollars that's going to be dispersed by the energy department, which I'm sure is going to be completely done, Kane, at a very fair, in a very fair way, not to special interest or friends. I am positive of that. Are you, aren't you also? Oh, yeah. Sure. All the faith in the world. Sure. It's going to go for electric cars and solar panels and batteries and heat pumps, all electric, electric, EV, EV, EV. This was about the same. I remember Solyndra. Do you remember Solyndra? Oh, boy. Who doesn't remember Solyndra? That should be taught in college. This was back in like 2010, 2011. There was a a, a postmortem written about it from New York Times also. In a rush to assist a solar company, the U.S. missed the signs. It was the Solyndra Solar Panel Factory in California. And they made a big show of it when he went down there. They had the lighting and they had the donuts and they had all the beautifully orchestrated, choreographed. And then they went belly up and took all of our taxpayer dollars with it. I mean, 
this is what gets me. They say that, oh, well, actually, Solyndra was pretty sustainable. They completely failed. They took half a trillion dollars from the energy department, which was our money. A half, or not trillion, half a billion dollars. 500 million, approximately. And that's how much was spent on this, for this solar panel company. This is insane. And now they're going to do it again. So I, the, the way this worked under Trump, it was, he didn't really, he really downplayed a lot of the, you know, the climate stuff and all of that. And he just wanted smart business. I'm fine with smart business. I also think that the market needs to match. It needs to be kind of a cause and effect. You have to be, you see a need, you fill a need. You don't force something that isn't necessarily needed on a marketplace and just ke- and then try to change the law in order to coerce people into purchasing the product. That's what this is. That's what this whole thing is. They want to. Con- it's a behavioral control. They want to coerce people into purchasing these products that the market otherwise the mar- they can't they can't last in the market anyway because the the demand isn't there. They're expensive. They're not as reliable. The demand is not there. They're lending $2.5 billion to GM and LG Energy Solutions. They're going to build, they want electric car battery factories in Michigan, Ohio, and Tennessee. Hmm. They're reviewing 77 applications, as New York Times, for $80 billion in loans. They have $100 billion going to existing loan programs for the financing of EVs, projects on tribal lands, blah, 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 blah. How many times are we going to do the same damn dance? How many times? They said that they're working to try to restart uh, some some other facilities. They have small modular reactors. They're, they're, people are, are lobbying for larger nuclear reactors. Nuclear is clean energy. Germany is actually keeping a bunch of their uh, coal and uh, uh, gas facilities because they were going to get rid of all of them they were in the process of doing that i think they're keeping three now because russia's decided to jack around with uh, gas and that coming ahead of winter so now as a result they have to they have to temper that and they got to keep they have they're keeping three of their from what i understand three of their facilities open which is making all the greenies really mad over there because they have the esg right those environmental stupid whatever environmental structural social whatever it's a it's a it's a cult it's the indulgences you have to go by these indulgences in order to do business is what it is it's green energy indulgence and so this is what they're pushing this you i mean you can't help but look at what's happening in other parts of the world and seeing the impact of these regulations pushed on a market That is not prepared for this, not prepared at all, whether it's the Netherlands, whether it's farms in France, you know, whether it's in, you know, a number of these other countries we've seen. It's it's pretty this is disastrous. And nothing in this. Now, here's the thing. The only because I was looking through a lot of this and reading some of the analysis on it there. I think it's one thing to say, you know what, if you're and this is where they could have actually sounded smart. It's one thing to say that you want to go to green energy and start throwing money at it. And it's another thing to actually plan to do it as a NATSEC issue, which is not what this administration's doing. We have, what is it, the Eagle Mountain Pass? It's like the only facility that they're still working on. And aren't they like still several years out? 
it takes because of the regulations anywhere from and I've talked to experts who actually work in opening up these facilities um, when the, the first which carries the simulcast of our nationally syndicated radio show uh, for different projects and specials with them. I've talked to different people and it anywhere from like seven to nine years to get. And that's if everything goes according to plan and you don't have tons of litigation to get one of these like rare earth mineral mines going. And you would have thought that in this proposal from the administration, like I said, they would have sounded smart if they would have come out and said, you know what, there is a need this, that for infrastructure in this market. We can't get the cart before the horse. So let's focus on creating the things that we can use to build the things that we want to sell. And, and, and have a very methodical, well-thought-out plan so that you have the ability to, to resource, you have the ability to manufacture and distribute all within the United States, and you don't have to rely on any other nation. See, the problem with all of the green stuff, and Kane and I were talking about this, we don't oppose the actual items at all. What makes me oppose it is this threat of government manipulation to coerce you into it on a lie. I don't believe in the climate cult. I like gadgets. Those two things can simultaneously exist in this reality because they're true. I don't want to be pressured by my government and have my heating and my energy bills and basic needs, the price increase in everything because the government wants to coerce us into purchasing things that we don't even have the sustainability in terms of resourcing to, to make and handle on our own. The, and this is a problem and, I, and, and spending all our money on this stuff and doing it so unwisely. So it makes me hate them out of spite. I will Flintstone a damn car. I will punch my feet through the floorboard and yabba dabba do it before I go out and get an EV. Out of spite. So I asked my husband a question over I was telling earlier we were talking about uh, how we went out to dinner and we were talking about the batteries and all of that. And my kids and I are all on the same page. We are, we, we love gadgets, but out of spite. No, because I'm not, I, I would rather, I, I would rather lean on us oil and gas and us rare earths. But since we've been, we've been put in this position by our, this administration and who knows what's going to happen in the future. If I had to pick between, you know, the evil of OPEC and the evil of China, I might go with OPEC before I go with China. I think I'm, that's what I'm going to do. So we were going back and forth about it, and he was saying that, well, there's, <sighs> Dana, this is what he says when he gets aggravated with me. <sighs> They're not even going to be using lithium for batteries hardly anymore. And then he, remember what I was telling you about? They're going to have these air batteries, and then he start my eyes glass over because I don't know what he's talking about at that point. He went into engineering, and I don't understand his language sometimes. So I texted him when we were on break. I said, hey, what are those air batteries? And this was the response. It would take me a while to explain them to you. They are two types, and they are completely different. The one for autos are called aluminum air batteries. Grid storage are liquid air. And I don't even know what he means. I don't even know. All I know is that lithium, China owns the market, and no. That's it. Right, Kane? Right? Fist pump. I don't even I don't even know what I don't even know what those mean. He's he was telling me that we're apparently getting away from rare the rare earths and that type of uh, extraction 
and they're already coming up with other things that the U.S. can dominate. Now, marrying these two topics here, when you read the bill, when you read the legislative text of Biden's, what is it called again? The Infl- Inflammation Bend Over Barrel Bill? I don't remember. Inflation Creation Act? That's it. That's right. The ICA. Thank you. When you read this, where does all the money go? When, when he mentions infrastructure, where is all the money going? It's going to these companies for the manufacturing of these things. Nothing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free. I've looked at it and I've been emailing with, with people that I've had as guests and talking to all these energy experts. There's nothing in here actually that is going to expedite the creation of even further alternative alternative sources of energy and to make us dominant as you know, it, it, for resourcing and, and manufacturing here in America. So I question the commitment to green energy when it looks like most of the money is going towards their special interest and they pretend that it's a Green New Deal thing. There's nothing in this bill that gets America any closer to owning our own manufacturing, resourcing, production, all of it. Not a single thing. So I do question. It's a cult. I question the commitment because it is cosmetic. It's all about redistribution of taxpayer dollars, special interests getting theirs. And then it really, really helps the very people that we are trying to hedge our bets against in the Taiwan Straits and elsewhere. But it does benefit anybody who has any kind of commercial interest in anything that those, company, those countries do. That's the whole point. It is a fake, it's theater, there's no real commitment. The left isn't even committed to this whole Green New Deal. Because if they were, it would show. Now that's not to say that all people on the left are the same way. There are some people on the left who actually are, and people on the right who are actually working because they want to be number one. Any new tech, any new resources, any new anything, they want America to be number one. But they're fringe when you look at the mainstream push on this. And when you read the legislative text, I mean, you can, and even if you don't want to read the whole thing, literally, you just control F it. And you can just kind of go through like that. There's 700 some odd pages. It's a big haul. There's nothing in this that actually indicates any kind of serious commitment beyond here's some money for our friends. Here we fulfilled this, this optic. That's it. And I think that's a legitimate complaint, which is why this thing should have never passed. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as 
as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P-50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation. Performance. Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Okay, so number one, WFLA. We had a Florida feller who crashed while fleeing deputies, and he tried hiding in a swamp. That's not going to work out so well. They had to pull him out of the swamp. He tried hiding in a pond. They aren't the predator, okay? They're not going to bit, you know, you're not going to fool them by like Schwarzeneggering it up and covering yourself in mud. Flaker County Sheriff's Office said Alonzo Peoples of Gainesville fled from deputies early, early Thursday morning. A deputy tried to pull his vehicle over because he didn't have a license on it. License plates. And uh, he did a U-turn, tried to run away, speed away. Deputy followed him. They, he continued making turns. He finally abandoned the vehicle. They set up a perimeter. They looked for him. They found him in a cypress pond, and they deployed an airboat, and they got him out. He was arrested on four charges, including fleeing, eluding, oh, and also possession of cocaine. In a totally separate story, a Florida man, Florida feller, ran a car off the road, plowed through fences during a chase, and the canine named Jet is a good boy, and he got his dude. This is WFLA also. Dash camera footage released by Osala police shows a man driving recklessly a stolen car. And then he they try to pull it over. And again, it's it starts as like a random traffic stop. Moderate, you know, like, oh, somebody's your, your lights out or whatever. And then he drives away. They, they go on a run. The dash camera shows this guy who his his name is Dale Shrewsbury, 35. He's smashing through everything. Three fences, ran the cars off the road, hit a Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, too long of a name, patrol vehicle. And then he decides he's going he's gonna to get out and run away and abandon the car. Marion County Sheriff's deputy and his canine, Jet, join the pursuit. And they executed what is called a pit maneuver, P-I-T. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds amazing. And the footage is amazing. Canine Jet chased Shrewsbury down, grabbed onto his pants, and that was it. 21-minute long chase was over. Shrewsbury was arrested for auto theft, aggravated fleeing, and eluding. Five counts eluding the scene of a crash involving property damage, driving with a suspended license. This is the fourth time apparently he's done that. And I hope that Canine Jet... I hope he got some good treats. I can't wait. Does anybody else's dog react to that? Like anybody listen to me at home, I'll spell it because my dog will go nuts if he hears it. T-R-E-A-T. I hope he got some. I hope he did. Third hour on the way. Stephen Yates joins us because it seems like Biden's trying to drag us into some kind of conflict with North Korea now too. What? Stick with us. California Congressman Mike Garcia joins me to explain how he's trying to prevent the United States from becoming like his own state. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Congressman Garcia and I also discuss the latest on Biden's dereliction of duty at the border and his complete debacle in Afghanistan. And I'll react to the 14 FBI whistleblowers 
warning of how the leadership is playing politics with the Trump raid. Follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As I said earlier, the other states are not stepping up to to help Arizona deal with this. Um, But if anybody wants to come to Arizona and talk about Arizona issues or issues that affect the country, I'll be here. Well, it's not exactly an open invitation to President Biden to, to come and campaign with you, even though he won the state of Arizona uh, in 2020, saying you'd welcome anybody. Do, do, do you have concerns about whether uh, President Biden is the best candidate to keep Arizona blue in 2024? Not at all, Jake. <laughs> all right, Senator. OK, that's uh, OK. That's Mark Kelly in Arizona. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Monday, your lovable curmudgeon. He doesn't sound too jazzed about Biden coming to visit him, does he? Doesn't sound too jazzed at all. None of them do. Because they realize he is such a drag. The policies are a drag. What would they do differently, though? What gets me is they all think it's just just Biden alone, but it's not just Biden alone. I think that Democrats are setting that 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 mini narrative up as a pass for themselves oh no it's just biden and if we switch out biden then it's okay it's actually your policies if your policies were better if you were all on the same page with actually reducing inflation reducing taxes etc etc i think it would be a lot different they're all giving themselves a pass by saying it's just biden and it's none of them but we all know that that's not true I love how they're all running from him now. What would they do differently? What would any of these Democrats do differently? I mean, I was sharing with you, in case you were unaware, the RCP average for Americans who believe the country's on the wrong track, it's 70%. I've never seen that before. Have you ever seen that? It's higher than 70%. I've never seen that number that high. Yeah, well, it's any, it's anywhere like actually it's like 70 to 75. I mean, it depends what technically poll because that's the RCP average. The RCP average has it as 70. Some of the polls have it as 75. Some of them have it at like 72. Some of them have it at like, but the average, I mean, regardless, it's like around 70. It's ridiculous. I've never seen anything that that crazy that high before. And it's not just because of Biden. It's the policies. They act like it's just Biden. Now, does he not help it? Of course he doesn't help it. But it's not just him. That's a real dodge that they're, that they're putting together there. And in the meantime, there's a lot of consternation over the Senate races. A lot of people upset over Mitch McConnell. And I think they're viewing him as being kind of MIA. But it is, again, I said this yesterday. And the reason I'm bringing it up, because there's been like three or four think pieces that, that have come out this morning on this very thing it's this is rick scott's nrsc national republican senatorial campaign committee they are the nrscc it's it's he makes that determination he runs that organization that assists with these senate republican candidates i still don't understand why oz's people have not come out with an ad talking about how john fetterman grabbed a shotgun and ran down a black jogger because he thought that that fireworks that kids were lighting off in a parking lot behind a library was quote-unquote assault weapon fire He's of the people, but lives in a bougie loft that he never had to pay for himself. And he never worked in the private sector, save for two years as an agent for Chubb. And then his parents paid everything for him. So 
I just, why Republicans aren't all over that is, why Oz's people aren't making ads about that is amazing. It's like they want to lose that race. Hmm. That was, that's an endorsement Trump should have never made, is Oz in Pennsylvania. Should have never, that's, that was a, that was a winnable race. I don't know who advised him on Oz. I don't, I don't know if he knew him. I guess he knew him before. But this guy is not a charismatic campaigner. I mean, this was, and, and Fetterman, as I said, he's a professional man of leisure. I said this, I wrote this last week. And in the meantime, on the Republican side of things, you have Cheney, who's trying to, I guess, compete with Biden for disapproval. She's got her political action committee. This is what I want to tell you about. This, um, art, this whole thing with the Woke Act. I don't know if, or how many of you, I'm sure a lot of you out there, especially if you're in Florida, have heard about this. This was part of the parents who are trying to take back some of their authority in the classroom. And they are against critical race theory, which is Marxist and racist. Critical race theory teaches equity over equality. And as I explained with equity, equity requires discrimination to achieve the same outcome. With equality, everyone has equal footing to start. Everyone has the equal opportunity, but the the outcomes may be different based on a person's personal choices. But with equity, People must be discriminated against in order for everyone to achieve the exact same equal outcomes. That's what CRT is all about. It is a Marxist redistribution of results. And it requires the upending of actual equality and the incorporation of systemic discrimination in order to achieve its goals. And so in Florida schools, they have the Stop Woke Act, which is about preventing discrimination in the classroom that's what this is and you have some of these people and i bring this up because a lot of the cheney surrogates are now trying to target ron DeSantis, florida governor because he was really helping to push this this act forward they're criticizing him and saying that he's anti-speech and they try to act like you know this is somehow speech codes and which is an asinine comparison. This is about employees of a state entity prohibiting them from teaching discrimination, which is illegal according to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, by the way. You, and, and other, you can't do that period in a, in a, in a business you can't practice discrimination you can't discriminate between men and women black or white etc these are parents who say that these are state institutions and they are trying to incorporate this as part of their curricula no that's you're 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 incorporating discrimination to achieve the same outcome that is prohibited it's prohibited by law it's not a speech issue and there are a lot of people out there david french and others that are trying to argue that Oh, this is Ron DeSantis being a fascist. This is proving that this is not just about Trump with these people. It is about anyone who upends their idea of what a Republican should do, what their policies should be, etc. I don't even believe I share the same policies, position on policies with these people anymore. I mean, this is not anybody of, of 
it doesn't really matter what political stripe you are. You should be against, especially in public schools, incorporating discrimination as in the classroom to achieve equal outcomes. That's no, that's not about speech. And these people are missing the point entirely. But they're using that as a way to go after DeSantis. Cheney keeps saying that he's dangerous because he's Trump adjacent. They're trying to prepare for an either or eventuality in 2024, either Trump or DeSantis. And so they're trying to they have this you know, multi prong approach and they're trying to target both of them. And in the meantime, you know, DeSantis is doing his job for Florida voters. They're talking about the issues and trying to address the, the concerns that they have if, they, if, they, if it's something that needs to be addressed by state or local government. And you have all of these, you know, these ladder climbers elsewhere that are just seeking how they can exploit all of this for further influence. It's a changed party. I want to take a look at, too, a couple of other things here. There was a, uh, as it relates to gender, a Democrat-appointed judge has opened the door, says Daily Caller, to more men being housed in women's prisons. A Democrat-appointed judge is now trying to say that Americans with Disabilities Act applies to people who have gender dysphoria, meaning people who identify as transgender would fall under ADA, which means that you would be forced through ADA to house biological males in women's prisons if they identify as transgender. Hmm. Is that a reasonable accommodation? I think that's the big question. This, this, to treat something, uh, to, I, well, that, uh, no. But that's, that's what they're looking at. They opened the door to it. He had a ruling on Tuesday. Americans with Disabilities Act covers people with gender dysphoria. But I, Really? We're going to throw that under that umbrella. They had um, one biologically male former inmate who identifies as as a transgender woman actually sued a bunch of people with Fairfax County in Virginia for violating the ADA because they decided to put him with men. And the judge finally decided with the male criminal. We've talked about this before with women's prisons in California. There are rapists that have... That as, as after they're convicted, they say, oh, well, I identify as a woman. And they've actually, there are numerous stories. It's gotten so bad that there are now groups who are assisting women, uh, incarcerated women, women inmates in these, in these jails who are dealing with this issue. There was one woman who had a developmental uh, a mental disability, and she was in, uh, had been previously in a cell by herself, and she ended up apparently being raped by a trans, a man who was identifying as a woman. This, this is all over. It's all over the news. We talked about it on the show. My point is that there are so many examples of this, and there are women in these, in these prisons that are now being preyed on. In California, they give you apparently a prophylactic and, uh, you know, like a, uh, a pamphlet, you know, basically just preparing you for the eventuality if you have men who are identifying as women and they're in jail for sexual sex abuses, as that one inmate was, the man, the male inmate who identified as a woman, there's a potential, there's a chance that you could be uh, at risk of being raped or assaulted. 
And that's just something that they're supposed to deal with. And like I said, it's gotten so bad. There are numerous groups in California now that have formed to advocate for the changing of this apparent new way of doing things and to protect the women who are trying who are serving their time in jail but are that themselves are also now being targeted by men who are getting convicted of sexual abuses and being sent to jail and then housed with women which by the way if you're a man who's convicted of sexual abuses you're 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 a predator there you and then no one in the system stops at all because of political correctness and says, could it be that he's identifying as a woman? There are stories of this. And by the way, the women who are bringing this to light are liberal women's groups. They're, they're feminist groups that are bringing this to light. He, no one in the system stops and says, wait, 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 hold up. Could it be that he wants to prey on women inmates? Nobody says that. Nobody says that. No one asks that question, apparently. Goodness. Now, in addition to that, real quick, I know we got to get run. Outrage as a golfer, the women's. This is, I can't, I just, Ladies Professional Golf Association, a transgender golfer is trying to become the first title card holder. Uh, Andy Murray's mom, tennis star Andy Murray's mom, has even condemned the man. They say that it's uh, Haley Davidson. He is a man who identifies as a woman and he wants to earn an LPGA tour card. And a lot of women are criticizing this. Because he a lot of he's like, oh, well, you know, he was a male golfer. He competed as a male golfer until 2015, but he's going undergoing hormone therapy. That does not do anything about your muscle mass and bone density and everything else. Stop. That is an insult. This is it's women are being erased completely. And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech. So three Arkansas police members were video, they were videotaped, videotaped, recorded digitally at this point. Uh, They were suspended after a video of them emerged where they were beating an arrest suspect at a gas station. Uh, The Crawford County Sheriff had said that yesterday evening two of his deputies will be suspended. Another one was put on leave. He said he holds his employees accountable. The individual, Randall Worcester, was apparently making threats to a convenience store worker when officers went to confront him he had pushed a deputy to the ground and punched the back of his head and then boom they got him um but then at one point after they had him on the ground uh there was he was well it went above and beyond just like physical restraint at one point i mean if if he's you know resisting that much tase him or you know but um the now there's a lot of stuff in question it was just there's some questions a lot of questions there uh, there, I got a lot of questions with this. This is a sad story. So that 16-year-old, Keely Rodini, who was uh, at a California Reserve camping and then texted her mom she was on her way home, they found her SUV, her Honda CRV, in Prosser Creek Reservoir Sunday, upside down. They pulled it out, and apparently authorities had spent like 20,000 man hours looking, and YouTubers found her, they said, in a day. 35 minutes that's wow so a lot of people have questions about this uh wow i also think that brings up interesting questions about crowdsourcing investigations right you know that's kind of interesting uh and then lastly a dog went blind after accidentally swallowing oxycodone while on a walk at a santa monica park this is horrible the dog is lucky to be alive thank heavens goodness steven yates joins us next 
Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. So each country has its own identity, its own culture, its own history, and that should be respected, which is why you will see that I, I rarely, if ever, refer to it as the Northern Triangle. Uh, that's not entirely accurate. That's Vice President Kamala Harris saying that she rarely refers to Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador as the Northern Triangle. Um, Kane, the receipts, please. Audio sound by five. In the Northern Triangle. To focus on the Northern Triangle. Not just in the Northern Triangle. To help the Northern Triangle. To combat violence in the Northern Triangle. And to focus on the Northern Triangle. One of my areas of focus, which is the Northern Triangle, that are affecting the Northern Triangle to provide immediate relief to the Northern Triangle, to address the root causes in the Northern Triangle. Oh, wow, that's quite a lot. That's just uh, recent. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. Joining us on this and a million other issues. Goodness, we got a lot, as always, to get into. Our good friend Stephen Yates. You can find him on Twitter, at YatesCons. He is the senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute and chair of the China Policy Initiative from his uh, Lego bunker, where he is safe from the torrential rain in Texas. Stephen, always good to see you, my friend. I just wanted to get your quick response to that, and then I want to shift everything over to the Pacific. What, what, what did you make of that response? Well, I mean, it's really amazing that after all this time, we forget to listen to the entire statement that she gave, because if we listen really, really closely with a special microphone, what she really said is, I don't refer to this area as the Northern Triangle after 10 a.m. today. Prior to 10 a.m. today, none of that counts. I'm starting with a new reset. And so you can really only listen to what I say from 10 a.m. on today. That that's makes it. perfect sense. Yeah, yeah that's why it's, we got we to gotta make sure we filter that out, that sound for that special microphone. Uh, yeah, that's because the ide- they're each country's identity. That was just a very lame response from her. <laughs> uh, so let me, let's me let switch gears because obviously your house, foreign policy, worked in the uh, previous administration, the Bush administration. You also uh, had, a, had, I mean, you've advised everybody, I think, at this point. This, um, there's two things that I see. So there, I was reading a piece, a couple of pieces, about how everyone's assuming that China is preparing to go to war. But then I also, right on the heels of that, I hear about how horrible their housing market is. Their economy is on such unstable ground. Um, their universities are training ground for hostilities, all this other stuff, etc. They've been amending their national defense law. That was something that Gordon Chang had noted. Uh, which was effective the first day of last year, transferring powers from civilian to military officials. I, I mean, is is this? I I don't want to disregard the steps that they're taking by by holding on to. I think the very comforting thought that their economy could go crashing and burning. But a lot of some of the steps that they're taking that maybe people like me who don't necessarily read that closely in between the lines with what's happening over there, because frankly, we know what we know and we know what we don't. Uh, I, I don't want to miss these these a uh, 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 collection of these big red flags that could be forming together to to warn us of something potentially horrendous. What are, what are your thoughts on all of this? And, and and just from some of the steps that they're taking to where economically they are now. Yeah, well, I think we have kind of an old model that uh, textbooks were written about, where you had sort of the rise of classical powers and a balance of power and, and all of that sort of analysis that we, we we assume certain things about other countries and we assume that their experience is going to conform with past, ex, past models from other countries and other parts of the world. 
that's basically how the modern world created a notion of China, mm. whether the Chinese people wanted it or not. But there's very, very clearly some unhealthy aspects to today's modern China. Uh, Xi Jinping is a much more militant ethnic, ethno-nationalist. Uh, I think it's a fancy name for being racist. Uh, and he is definitely running a surveillance state that has problems with its economy. They, for a long time, had quality control problems. Everything from baby formula that accidentally poisoned some Chinese kids, uh, to schools with shoddy construction, to entire buildings uh, of uh, massive developments of buildings with overextended investment that they find better to just d demolish rather than try to fill them with tenants. So there's massive economic contradictions going on inside China. At the same time, when you have the world essentially giving away their technology to you, showering you with trillions of dollars of investment, holds you completely unaccountable for poisoning the world with the pandemic, uh, then you have kind of this crumbling uh, Mao Zedong 2.0 cultural revolution China with a very techno theft rich China that can aim a lot of destructive power out at other people. They've aimed it at their own people before. They've aimed it outward in these exercises to intimidate Taiwan. They're now threatening Japan and others. So they don't have to be the next mega power or superpower or whatever to be a problem. A, a crippled economy with a fragile polity with a small man syndrome in charge can be just the right mix for conflict and problems. Uh, and these regimes that are crumbling can take a long time to crumble. I mean, look at North Korea having been sort of diagnosed for collapse for the better part of the last 30 years. And yet it still seems to chug along enough and it apparently has nuclear weapons on top of it. A lot of that's, I think we, because we, I know we've talked about it before, talking with Stephen Yates, China, China needs North Korea to be there yep. as kind of an attack dog for them. Yeah, they apparently the Central Organization Department and this was with the this is the they had put out an internal directive. This is a Wall Street Journal. China insists party elites shed overset assets. And is this just in response to the to the sanctions that have been previously applied or because everyone's like oh war, it's war, it's war right now, which I you know, I yes, I am suspicious, but I just want to know when I need to go into total freak out lockdown mode. Uh. Well, China still needs the world a lot more than the world needs China. Uh, we are dependent on them for a lot of things, but we chose to move in that direction. Mm -hmm. We could, perhaps right. at some cost, choose to move in a different direction, and we would be fine. However, they would not be. Uh, and so there, there's, I think, a reawakening to vulnerabilities and leverage. Certainly since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, when the supposed kitchen sink was thrown at Moscow by way of sanctions and otherwise, the very rational decision by the top commies was, well, these Western folks could try to do these things to us too. What do we do now to strategically decouple from right. the United States to minimize that, that vulnerability? And I think smarter people in the United States and elsewhere should say, hey, they want to strategically decouple from us. I bet we could do that too. And maybe we should begin that process ourselves. That I think is the next step in a right American policy towards China. But it doesn't sadly seem that we're taking it because this all the yeah. Green New Deal stuff, everything that we've seen, we were just talking about this. 
the and looking at the the legislative text of the bill everybody talks about energy infrastructure but it doesn't seem that anything is being put towards the actual resourcing extraction you know construction manufacturing whatever of our own ability to either source source rare earths or whatever we need to do uh to be able to take some of that business from china so we're not so overly reliant on them from everything from you know antibiotics to you know basic you know what whatever wares I mean, we, it seems that we, we, I mean, we're really getting ready to chain ourselves to them for a, a foreseeable period in the future with this going on the way. And, and it looks like the administration has no problems with it. In fact, they were helping facilitate, you know, for instance, China being able to acquire some of these rare earth minerals in the De- Democratic Republic of Congo. The one that ABC said, oh, here's all these kids digging for cobalt. Apparently, Hunter Biden's firm was responsible for helping to facilitate that deal. They stand to make a lot of money. Everyone's walking blindly into this. So are we not going to basically be putting their economy on steroids by facilitating keep these these sorts of uh, agreements for green? Yeah, well, the Green New Deal and all that is basically just a a, a dusted off version of what the establishment policy has been, which has, in fact, created the global export platform that is today's China. Uh, Of course, they want to savage us with all kinds of woke principles or guidelines on how companies can behave in America. They they apply none of those standards Mm. to the dealing of business in China. Uh, But there's frankly a lot that America could do on its own, and we all know what some of those things are. Uh, We, of course, should be using the endowment that God created for us to use. Uh, The United States is actually among the cleanest of powers in the history of the world in terms of using resources. And, of course, we should refine those things here instead of shipping them halfway around the world to have them refined by a commie without quality control to then pay to have them shipped back to us. These things are not rocket science. And we, we know what we, what we could do is the, is the blinders of what my friend calls the church of the sun god, where everyone worships the weather and says, no, we're gonna do yeah. these things to debilitate ourselves, enable the world's biggest polluter and biggest human rights violator biggest intellectual property thief but let's keep going down that road because i don't know why an apparent u.n uh human rights council member as well talking with steven talking with steven yates here one last thing for you steven we always appreciate your time with us this um i i kind of wanted to to switch just really quickly and touch on everything that's been happening in ukraine i i was this story was very interesting his ally, Alexander Dugan, apparently him and his daughter were going somewhere. They switched cars at the last minute. And the car that she was in that was supposed to have Dugan, you know, Alexander Dugan himself in it, was blown up. He's called Russia's Putin or sorry, Russia's Rasputin. So he's the Rasputin to Putin. Interesting. Uh, but and he's wanting complete and all vengeance for this. This coupled with all these stories about Putin's health. Uh, them basically running through all of their young men to feed through the meat grinder of attacking Ukraine. Is he at the point where he's got to make a decision, either give up or, I mean, I really don't know what other decision he has at this point. This is not sustainable. It doesn't seem sustainable, but like we said, with North Korea and other places, these bad models can grind on for a long time. They don't face accountability internally, and a lot of the free world will breathe life into these uh, these empires to continue to grind on for a time. Uh, we don't see Europe holding fast and strong on the economic warfare with Russia. 
uh, comparable to Russia's warfare on Ukraine. Uh, you don't see Europeans stepping up to give more aid and assistance to the Ukrainian people, whether it's humanitarian or economic development wise. You still see Uncle Sam way out in front of all of Europe combined on military, humanitarian and economic development assistance. And so when you have us kind of distorting market forces over there uh, and you don't have an accountable system inside Russia, I would not make near term bets that there's going to be a, a, a big change coming in that leadership unless and until you had real pressure with real rivals capable of taking and holding that power. Right now, Putin could be going crazy. I wouldn't know. I haven't had him over to dinner to check him out. Uh, but. Uh, I think that we can, what we have, I think, a near certainty on is if we keep sort of gliding with this current policy, there's no reason to expect any real change. This is going to be a slow murmur where the Ukrainian people pay a lot hmm. and the American people pay a lot and the Europeans try to play both sides. It was so nice to not have any of this stuff happen when Trump was in the White House because everybody thought he was just crazy enough that he might hit the button. And, you know, bombs would go off everywhere. Nobody knew. So nobody did anything until this guy, President McCheese, gets into the office. I don't know. Stephen Yates, as always, at Yates comes on Twitter. He's got great analysis. You need to go read it. Thank you so much for your time. Good to see you, my friend. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Sign up for my newsletter, Chapter and Verse at Substack. You can find the link in the profile of all of my social media bios everywhere and you can go and see our uh the video from the simulcast of any discussions with past guests on youtube also official dana lash like and subscribe like and subscribe so the uh a couple things here as we're winding this down i am (laughs) some of the spin that is coming out i have this we're going to play this up i'm going to dive into this tomorrow but uh on nbc they were trying to address the 74% of Americans saying that the U.S. is on the right track. Biden surrogates are saying, well, it's because people are worried about former President Trump coming back into power or former President Trump or another Republican stealing the election in 2022 or 2024. That's some clown level spin. Wow. It's not because they're upset about inflation or high gas prices or anything like that. It's this. That's what it is. Yeah, or immigration. That's the, it's this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just tone deaf. Completely and absolutely tone deaf. There's, there's, there's it, it, no other way to put it. And lastly, this was fascinating. The Associated Press is going after South Dakota Governor Christy Noam. They're saying that she might have engaged in some misconduct related to her daughter's real estate license. They added she's up for re-election and she's positioned herself as a potential GOP presidential candidate in 2024. Over at Red State, they noted, meanwhile, Biden's son is flying on Air Force One after doing coke off a hooker. Mm, That's accurate. Now, I don't want to hear about nobody else's. Nope. You guys set the stage and made the rules with Hunter Biden. Did Did they clean those mirrors? On Air Force One after he wrote, I'm just curious. Great question. 
people thought I was like I was joking, and then they saw the photos of him being on there, and they go, "Oh, actually, that's a legitimate question to ask." Yes, it is taxpayer today in stupidity, Kane. All right, I'll skip over Jennifer Granholm because she was stupid on Friday, and it's still stupid today. So, so what? Uh, Brian Stelter, though, on the other hand, listen to what he says about his now ended show. But this program transcended that. It's a part of journalism school curriculum. What? Teachers across the country and in other countries outside the U.S. What? Teachers use segments from this show what? all the time in classrooms, in lessons, guiding and teaching the next generation. Yeah, on what not to do. Mm, yeah. That's that's how he ended mm-hmm. up in, on what in the not curriculum. to do. I don't know of any really like what what's like one class one school. I got it. Where is that in any way considered balanced journalism? Get out of that school. Yeah, if you're if if he's used as an example of good journalism, get out. Get a refund. Folks, that does it for us tonight. I'll be on Jesse Waters program on Fox in the 6 p.m. Central Hour. Have a great night.